in the name of crime. You're listening to Crime Watchers. Crime Watchers is an unauthorized, uncensored recap podcast for the biggest television show of the 2000s, Crime Stoppers Miami. You know it. You love it. You know me. You love me. I'm Kent Montagna. And I'm Piper Beckett. We wrote the show. We directed it. We executive produced it. We played the leads. We We were were stars stars once. once. And we still are. We still are. We're back at our old stomping grounds. And we're ready to relive the ride. Won't you take it with us? Because crime doesn't stop itself. And crime doesn't watch itself. That's where we come in. So we're assuming that if you're listening to this show, you're just like every other hot-blooded American who was alive in the early 2000s. Or maybe you've been rewatching it on streaming and really enjoying it for the first time. Maybe you've been watching rewatching the greatest television show television show of all time on streaming uh, or on DVD. We did a lot of DVD sales, didn't we, Piper? Oh my gosh, the DVD sales were through the roof. Blu-rays too. I still have my Blu-rays, but I can't get them to work. Now, you know, I uh, I actually got it on Laserdisc. Uh, I had it on Laserdisc. It was, you know, little known fact is Crime Stoppers Miami is one of the last television shows that they ever printed on Laserdisc, and I got a whole room devoted to those uh, down in, it's my, um, it's my kid's old dungeon. room. Yeah, it's my kid's old room, So, because um, he's eight now. So, and anyway, um, it's been 10 years since Crime, <laughs> Crime Stoppers Miami went out in a blaze of glory, and we oh, will, we will we'll get, get to, to that, that later. later, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, best finale ever, what do you say? Oh, absolutely. And people, I think, have been debating for a long time since, you know, the, uh, over the past 10 years, whether our characters died or lived forever. Personally, I think we lived forever. We both think that. And our agents think that as well. And they we've do. been trying. We have been trying to get them to bring it back. And I got ideas. I got ideas, too. And it, they start and end with this podcast. Yeah, I got ideas. Well, I got ideas busting out of my pants. But this is a project for us to rewatch the whole show. And so we're going to bring you fair listener uh, along on the ride. Uh, you know, um, you know what they do a ride along. Let's call it's a ride along, you know, yes, we're yes, the, yes, yes. we're driving the car. We're the cops. We're going to get back into the, the unit with Cal and Abby, our, uh, our buddy, our buddy cops on the force, uh, and you're going to be riding back seat. You're going to be handcuffed in this motherfucker, and we're going to yeah. tell you all the juicy behind-the-scenes stories you never heard. And we're not going to give you any water, but we are going to tell you all the juicy stories behind the scenes, uh, the behind-the-scenes tales that you've never heard. Maybe we'll air some dirty laundry, name some freaking names finally, and more importantly, we're going to have a little fun, aren't we? We're going to have a lot of fun, and hopefully we're going to get paid too, Piper. Uh, because uh, I got bills, you know, it's like Destiny's, it's <laughs> like Destiny's child said, bills, bills, bills. Did you know that if you ignore your bills, you just don't ever have to pay them? Well, that's, uh, that's, that's one approach. And, um, I just don't open the envelope so that if they come and they say, well, why haven't you paid this? I'll say, well, I just never open the envelope. You know, I open every envelope I get Piper because, uh, you know, you know what could be inside an envelope? A, a million dollars. Yeah. A check. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I've uh, uh, Publishers Clearinghouse. You remember, we used to always cut in Crime Stoppers Miami. They would, uh, often we would cut in the middle of the episode to a uh, 10 or 15 minute infomercial for the Publishers Clearinghouse where they'd be giving away a check. We had to sell so much ad space for this television show. It was was insane. But I was always watching those. I was going, why is this schlub over here getting this giant check? He's getting paid more to be in a commercial in my episode then I'm getting paid to, to write, direct, and star in it. Well, Kent, you're also kind of bearing the lead here. Not only did we give him a bunch of ad space, we also had a big publisher's clearinghouse check appear in every single episode, like in the background, in some kind of way, kind of an Easter egg that I think our viewers really, really ended up liking and were kind of seeking out. Like, where is the publisher's clearinghouse check in this episode? One of the viewers' favorite things about Crime Stoppers Miami was was playing uh, product placement scavenger hunt. Yes, you know, and uh, every week we would uh, we there would actually there actually was a whole cottage industry in the Reader's Digest, you know, and the TV Guide and all those publications parade where they would suggest, you know, diff- can you find all the product placements in this week's episode? 
of you know America's and the world's number one show. It was actually not the world's number one show. Uh, it was America's. There was a um, North America and South America, North South Asia, and um, <laughs> Australia La- and Latin. And yeah, yeah. because uh, they, because the only thing, the only place it wasn't the number one show of the early two thousands was in uh, was in the UK. Yeah, and I think you'll see why. Yeah, they had the office, or because they, they had the office. Yeah, they had the office. <laughs> you know, uh, Christmas special. So, <laughs> in any case, um, we're gonna get into recapping uh, this week's episode. Yeah, why not dive straight in? You've heard plenty from us, and you know, we'll, we're, we we want to dive right into the into the meaty goodness of this of this first episode. Share with you kind of like our our tales of of shooting the pilot, of making the pilot for the show that really changed both of our lives. And one of my favorite things to do when I'm on a diving board is to (laughs) talk about what kind of dive I'm going to do. And so let's get into it. And so what is the title of this episode, Sarah? First episode of the series. It's called Pilot. I came up with that one. So uh, we actually open on on Cal, uh, Cal Richmond Hawkins III, and who plays him? <laughs> well, yours truly, Mr. That's Kent Montagna. Right. He's uh, Cal Richmond Hawkins the third is our hero. He's you know, he's the strong silent type. He's tough as nails, uh, hard as a rock, uh, everywhere that it counts. And you know, I mean, this is a this is a guy's guy. He's the kind of guy that you can't really make a TV show about anymore. Oh, no way. Not with things being the way they are. Uh, people are so fucking sensitive these days, you know? And we open on Cal and his partner, and they're doing a drug buy, right? Uh, we got we got Cal's doing a drug buy, and, and this is a great opening scene, you know, to just establish the world of the show because Cal is a guy who he's going to get the job done. Right? And he's going to do it 110% every time. He's going to do things you didn't even ask him to do, right? Yeah, he, you know, he's, you know, they're doing this big, they're doing this big. Kind of like you as an actor. Exactly. Yes, they're doing this big drug buy. Uh, cocaine is basically, we open on cocaine blowing across the screen. That's and right. Fun fact, fun fact. Do you remember what that really was, Sarah? What did we, what we used for the cocaine? Well, we didn't use anything. It was Mother Nature herself, uh, you know, snowing, because if you guys didn't know, and it's really hard to tell most times, but Crime Watchers Miami was actually shot in Toronto. Entirely, uh, mostly during the winter. (laughs) It was mostly filmed uh, during the winter in Toronto because of tax breaks. You know, the network told us we could, you remember this? Network told us we could film it in Miami if we wanted. Yeah, but we were like, no, 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 we want the tax breaks. Yeah, we want the, we don't want the money on the screen. The talent, is on the screen. Yeah. Yes. You know? It's like a play. <laughs> it's like a yeah. play. I want the money in my pocket. You sort of give people an idea of where it is, but the acting and in the writing and the directing, all of which we did, um, really put you where it's supposed to be anyway. Now, I do want to just clarify one thing. They, we, they, did, they did force us to bring in other directors, like including for the pilot. You know, they always want some big gun to direct the pilot for a big but show But we like basically this. did it. We basically, we told Fincher what to do. Yeah, yeah. He, wide, wide angle lens here, fish eye lens here, that kind of thing. Yeah, put the camera in the, put the camera in the mailbox. I want a shot of me, um, you know. Opening walk, the mail. Yeah, or, you know, I mean, yes, you would think that would be the classic way to do it. Of course, we would usually do something like, I want a shot of me walking by the mailbox. You know, put the camera in the mailbox. Point I want it to out get me walking by it. Yeah. Point it out at the street. <laughs> I don't want to see the inside of I don't want to see the inside of the mailbox, you numbskull. It's just yeah. a place to put the camera. Uh, so in any case, we open on this scene where, um, you know, there this transaction seems to almost be over. We get these two guys buying drugs from this really Yeah, we're in media res. Drug lord. Um, and the, the buyer, he goes, you know, don't you want me to try them? Don't you want me to try the drugs to, you know, prove to you that I'm not a cop? And what's so fun about this just watching it back and knowing like having been there when it was shot you this is your first introduction to the audience as your character and you look absolutely insane like you have sweat dripping down your face your pupils are beyond like they are like pinholes and you're begging and begging to you're begging this guy you're saying 
you you have to you have to let me try the drugs to prove I'm not a cop. Otherwise, how can you trust me? Otherwise, how can you trust me? And your teeth are so gritted. It looks like you haven't relaxed your jaw in five days. I was kited up on Provigil the whole time that we were filming this. You know that stuff that they give uh, Air Force pilots. I do. I don't know that stuff. Yeah, I got a. You never um, let me try it. Yeah, yeah. I had a. Uh, I had this PA get some for me, and I was just yeah, I was just on that stuff straight because I knew that you know Cal is this character who he's um he's basically he's intense. Yeah, you know? basically and he's really intense. The best way to be intense is to be intense. Not you can't pretend to be intense. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to do it yourself. <laughs> you got to do act it. that. And so this wasn't really written this way. You know, it was basically just supposed to go out fine, but then the. The, you know, I, I, so I was like, Cal would want to prove he's not a cop, you know? And so, you know, I really, Cal, so in this episode, Cal is insisting that he's not a cop. You know, let me let me try the drugs to prove it to you. The seller is like, I, don't, I trust you, man. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You know, Cal's partner. Drugs. Yeah, Cal's partner, the other guy. We don't know that they're cops yet, by the way. But Cal's partner, undercover, he chimes in. You know, he's like, hey, man, you really don't. Let's just finish the deal. Yeah, just let him give you the drugs. You really don't have to do it. Cal's like he's an honest guy. He just, uh, he takes a bath in the fucking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he dies. Like more than it. he was planning on buying, he ends he up doing to prove that he's not a cop. <laughs> muff dives this powder. And they, um, so so then they arrest the, they arrest the drug lord, right? They're like, you know, stop, you know, st- basically it's the partner. Stop, yeah. stop, 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 stop. Yeah. Um, You're under arrest, Cal, and then the, the dealer's like, gun. "What was that? Oh, yeah, what even was that?" <laughs> yeah, he kind of mugs. I remember um, Fincher. <laughs> Fincher kept trying to get the act, the uh, the the day player, you know, playing the the drug lord. Not the, the it wasn't a day player <laughs> playing the drug the drug lord. It was uh, who was it? <laughs> we just watched it. I can't remember. It was um. Um, Piven, oh, Jeremy Piven. Piven. Yeah, you know Fincher kept trying to get Piven not to mug for the kid and talk straight to the camera, and we said, "You said no, let him." You said, "You said let him." That's yeah. his bread and butter. You said let him do it, which sort of became a Piper catchphrase throughout the film. Oh, series. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the school I was brought up in. I was trained on the stage if that wasn't obvious and i i feel like the big kind of refrain all the time the mantra on the stage is let him do it let him follow his instincts let him take this to the most logical conclusion for who he is as a performer as an actor um so that's what i wanted to do with piven you know i've always said that they call it blocking because it gets in your way exactly and so we told Fincher to just follow, just go you, take the camera where the performance brings you. And a lot of times you'll notice in this show that it's out of the light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> People. <laughs> when, they, when they reviewed this show, the pilot, they said, uh, a lot of the reviews said this is the darkest <laughs> it's the darkest crime drama that's been on television in decades and literally. we're not talking about the subject matter literally yeah um so we cut to uh so we cut basically from this scene they've loaded this drug lord into their car to uh to to an to Abby we meet our other buddy our buddy cop and that's portrayed me. by me Piper Miss Piper so, Beckett so yeah uh and in this scene you're meeting me, but first you're meeting my partner who is chasing down a perp and the perp is getting away and they, unfortunately, they actually run right by me because I'm in my car, I'm in my squad car, in my cop, my detective car, doing my hair and makeup and changing into high heels. I'm looking really sexy. Watching this back, I have never looked better than the day I did on that pilot, you know? But also like a hot mess and that's what makes it so sexy and so hot because we immediately know like oh this is a real this is not just a cop this is a real woman and she's all woman yes you know and she's all and she's not neat she's not uh, a trophy wife 
she's no. a she's she's she a disaster and she's incredible yeah yes a beautiful disaster so really important to this scene is that I am changing into high heels. Um, I'm going somewhere. I'm getting ready for something, right? And in changing in my high heels, there is a close-up on my feet and we see that uh, I, Abby, am missing one of my toes. We get a big musical stinger when this happens. It's funny, it's funny watching it back because I remember at the time thinking uh, it was actually subtle. You know, like, yeah. oh, the audience kind of, Will the audience catch this? No, you know, yes. Um, I thought there was yeah. no way. No, we did a sort of a um, Ken Burns style, like, or not a, um, not Ken Burns, but like, we don't zoom into the, we get a close up on the toe and then we kind of expand the image across the whole screen with this big musical stinger. Right. Yes. It works. I think it works. Oh, it's still, yeah, it still works to this day. And it's great to see other shows kind of taking that device and picking it up and running with it. Yeah. The, the partner comes back and, and um, I mean, this scene is, is just such a great introduction to the character of Abby because she doesn't take any shit. You no. Know? Um, no, 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 Just no, like no. Cal, right? I mean, these are two tough as nails, hard headed cops. Abby's partner comes back. You know, he's like, you know, where the fuck were you? I was like, he got away. Um, you were supposed to, you were supposed to stop him. And Abby's like, you know, I got to get to like my father, you know, my father is having a, actually she calls him, she calls him her daddy. Yes. My my dad, and not even my daddy. She says, daddy's having a fun. Well, everybody knows who daddy is, right? Everyone knows who daddy is. And we are going to learn who daddy is as well. Oh yeah. We're about to. Daddy's having a fundraiser and, um, and you know, and she's like, you know, I got to be, uh, all the stars. What does she say? All the. St- I, I I wrote the line down. Oh, all she the stars, the stage and screen, and <laughs> Miami are going to be there, and I have That's, to be there too. Yeah, and uh, her partner says, "I don't know what the fuck you're talking about." And then, and then I take another bump of cocaine. I think we have a clip of this scene, so uh, let's go to that. I uh, thought you were sobering up. I am. I'm Miami sober. I drink, I do coke, but I don't smoke weed or eat carbs. So we've in, we've we've met our two cops. You know, we've got our our um, we got it. We got someone from the streets. We got someone who's a cop in heels, and that's basically how we sold the show. Exactly. That's how we that sold was the, the show. To the that was the log line. Someone from the streets and a cop in heels is what we said. And they ate it up. Oh, they they were eating out of our. It was a different time, though. You could kind of sell any TV show you wanted back then. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were... uh, What were some of our favorite... uh, Shows we sold? So, some of our favorite shows that we sold before this one. Yeah. 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 um, The Apartment Building. We sold that one. Yeah. It's an apartment Um, building, but it's really high up, was kind of the logline for that one. Yep, exactly. We sold that one. We sold uh, Highways and Byways. Oh, yes, uh-huh. yes, yes, About yes, yes. One's a highway, one's a byway. Yep, exactly. You get the hobos on the highway. You get the vague, vagabonds on the byway. Yep, yep. Um, following their lives. That was some of the stuff that we sold. So anyway, um, back to the... <laughs> and that that money has dried up, let me tell you. Yeah, for both of us. Uh, so, you know, Cal, we, we cut back to Cal... And he's basically driving, driving angry, so to speak, driving wild. Yeah. You know, they've got their perp in the back seat. He's like talking shit. You know, he's like, I got you, bitch. You're not going to be selling drugs to school children anymore. You're going away for a long time, you know. And his, um, his partner is holding the oh shit handle is what I always called it. Oh, yeah. He's hanging on for dear life because Cal is basically... Um, Fun fact, you know, Cal is he's doing the kind of Alfred Hitchcock style driving with the wheel, you know, um, where he's just I don't know who that like, is. Hitchcock? Uh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense because, um, and our, this is another fun fact for our listeners. Uh, Piper, we would always have kind of references to other stuff when we were making this, and she would always say, I like to keep my... If I watch other stuff, my stuff is just going to be... 
that stuff. Like a, I don't like it. I don't stuff. have influences. I want my stuff to be my stuff. Right. Exactly. I don't have influences other than myself and my experiences. I'm exactly the opposite for me. Yeah, I know. Everything you do is derivative. Well, it's in, in it because I think that it's impossible to be otherwise, you know? So for me, Oh, interesting. When I made, even this, though I've proven that it is kind of possible to be otherwise. Well, maybe. And that's, that's debatable. You know, I mean, is the work coming your way lately? Well, that's for a different reason. It's because I'm a woman of a certain age and there just aren't parts for me anymore. There's moms. I'm not a mom. I don't have a motherly <laughs> bone in my body. I'm I'm a girl. I'm a I'm a girl boss. I'm an, I'm a boss bitch. I'm a bad bitch and a girl boss and I am not a mom. It's a little uh it's a little something my dear that we like to call acting. Uh but so in any case, uh you know, Cal is Cal's like moving his hands back and forth on the wheel, you know, mm-hmm. like just turning it back and forth. Fun fact is that I was actually, we were driving a real car when we filmed this. It wasn't green screened, right? I assume so, you mean this is a fun fact for the audience because I already knew that. Yeah, I know that, you, I know that, um, I know that you knew it. Uh, it's a fun fact for the audience. Oh, so okay. this was swerving back and forth across lanes of Toronto traffic. It was so fun to watch from the sidelines, just on standing on the side of the highway, just kind of watching. (laughs) And that is how that we, how we did it. We basically had, you know, because we didn't have a lot of budget for like street closures and stuff, you know, because. Oh, none at all. No, no, because you want the money in your pocket, you know? And so (laughs) we had 250 feet of street that we were able to use. And we just had to keep using it and using it and using it. to go back and forth on it. And I'm not just talking about for this episode. I'm talking for the whole right. the whole damn season. And I'm sure some Eagle Eye viewers probably noticed that. Yep. We basically, the way that we did it was we figured out, one of our producers, he figured out, this guy who, he he came out of, um, uh, what's it called? Um, Juilliard. Like, <laughs> yeah i was gonna no that was the other i'm thinking the other guy i was gonna say the guy who came out of like mary Kay or um herbal herbal life what's the thing that was before herbal life amway 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 he used to work for amway um and oh, he, oh 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 yeah he yeah, was yeah. always chris. solving problems chris. for us chris he was always solving i hated problems that guy he was really hard to work with he was very savvy um he had he really <laughs> hard to work with kind of a yeah. pill yeah he he was all he was always telling us that we had to uh have Fire, fire extinguishers on the set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> if there's an animal on set, you have to have like a handler and sign some forms. Mm, okay, stop being difficult. Real stickler. But he did, but he was, he was a wizard. I can't believe he keeps getting work. I can't believe he's like working on movies now. Well, it's because he's a wizard with money. He He figured out that we could buy, if we bought just the houses on a whole, like all 20 houses on a whole city block of Toronto... That was cheaper than doing all of the, you know, street closures and security that we needed right. to do for the season. So we just bought this city block and we just filmed a really pretty much nice, every, yeah, pretty much everything there. And we also kind of yeah. live there. Nice houses. We we smashed up the houses on one side of the street to use for when like our characters would have to go into the inner city. Areas. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we kept the other side very tony. Yes. Uh, so anyway, Cal, he puts the lights, he goes, check this shit out. You know, he does a cop move. He, they're in an unmarked car. He puts the light and siren up on the top. Wee, 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 partners all cautioning him. You know, you're driving too fast. The criminal's like, you're going to fucking kill us. Uh, and then we cut. We're, we're like in a very exciting opening here for this. Yeah. It's just like back and forth, back and forth. So we're back to me and I'm on my giant cell phone and it's like, I'm talking to somebody on it while I'm driving and you hear me say Ricky Martin is there implying, you know, he's at the, he's at the fundraiser that f- yep. that's for my dad. So I classic Miami. So I grab the lights from under my chair in my car, <laughs> I pick them up and I put them on top <laughs> of the car and I hit the siren and I am just out of there. I am peeling out of there. I got to see Ricky Martin. I am, I'm, I myself am living La Vida Loca in this moment. We were only able to, if we, uh, in order to accommodate the camera, in the in your unit, which is what they call a police car in in the business, right? Uh, Finch, we had to um, in order for Fincher to get in there with the camera, we had to take the driver's seat out 
which is why you were in a chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The nice chair though. Nice we chair. Had a, kind of a lazy was, boy sort of chair. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lazy boy. Yeah, really comfy. <laughs> yeah, and um and remind me how the putting the lazy just cuz my memory's kind of foggy um sure. cuz cuz I got wet a lot while we were filming this. Oh. <laughs> remind me it. how the lazy boy allowed us to fit Fincher in the car better than the driver's seat being in there. You could refresh my memory. Yeah, well, it was a um, like a really small one. Exactly, exactly. It was from Lazy now. Boy Kids. I remember now. Yeah. So it was really, now. really comfy, but actually, only one of my ass cheeks fit in it. <laughs> so, so Abby's. So we had to work some magic in post to make it look like Abby was actually in the car. <laughs> when half of her really was hanging out of it. But basically now we have this incredible moment where the lights and sirens are going on. We get these two cops and their partners. They and they are living La Vida Loca, pedal to the metal. Running red running red lights across from each other. They both swerve <gasps> and pic- picture this in your mind. Yeah, picture pic- in your mind. Picture two, and also our listeners, of course, have been re-watching the show, so they've seen it. You know, you get these two cars swerving towards each other, each skidding, turning left through the um, through the intersection. The cars smash into each other, and both of the partners uh, get just basically smashed like fucking pancakes. Yeah, I, and you see it in graphic like, detail. Goddamn moon pies. Yeah. The the drug That's, dealers. Well, that sounds tasty. What this was was gruesome. Very gruesome. We had a we what we did not skimp on was blood for this show. No buckets of blood. We used real blood. We used uh, yeah, donated by the American Red Cross. Well, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't donate to us, but we bought it from them. We bought donated blood from them. We bought it from them. What we did. What we did is, you're not able technically to get blood from the Red Cross unless you do have a sick <laughs> guy. <laughs> you know. And fortunately, we did have a sick guy. We had to just. We had this guy Steve, and we just he kept was really him. really sick. <laughs> we kept him on the payroll. He was very sick. And, and so, and before we you say, as much and before, blood he, as we and before anybody says that's unethical, that's gross, that's rude, or whatever, he was listed in the credits every episode. So this is a guy whose life was not worth living. I hope he's okay. We gave this guy something he never in his wildest dreams had imagined was just to a be close to us while we show. were exactly, exactly. See his name in lights. Um, so now we cut to this funeral. The whole police force is just staring daggers at Cal and Abby, uh, and the chief. I mean, we can cut through. You know, there was taps. There's the guns going. Everybody's sad. You know, two cops died. Boom, boom, and bang, bang, blah, blah, blah. The result basically is the setup for the show. The chief is like, congratulations, you two pieces of shit are going to be each other's partners now because nobody else will fucking work with you. And does that set off a chain reaction? Well, in a way, it kind of sets off the rest of the show, right? I mean, it's life imitating art as well in terms of me and you doing our thing. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, we spent 10 years on Crime Stoppers Miami. Yeah. Living did. up in Toronto year round. We filmed we lived. I moved we we filmed mostly in the winter, but I lived there pretty much pretty much year round. Yeah, you did. And then I actually chose not to live there while we were filming, but live there off um when we weren't shooting. I lived in Toronto when we weren't shooting. And when we were shooting, I lived in New York City and I would um take a short flight in every day to film. Yeah, and you know it was convenient for so it's convenient for you because it's a nice quick little uh, uh, puddle jump from NYC. It was convenient for me because I had some some stuff that was keeping me out of the. I had some. There was some horse shit that was keeping me out of the states, and so it was really good for me to have steady work up in um, up in Canada. Absolutely, and uh, and so so. The rest of this pilot um, is, I mean, that was the big, that was the big opening, you know, act one. 
Um, we did these were mostly hour long episodes with a three act structure, um, and one big commercial block in the in the a few big commercial a number of commercial blocks, one very big one generally. Yeah, and that's important for people to kind of think about when they're watching the show. It adds context, right? Well, it's because well because a lot of our listeners probably saw this when it was on the air. And you and me, we're doing our rewatch watching, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm watching the VHSs that I taped. You don't know about me. We sit down and watch them all together. You, let's be honest, you sleep. You don't know about me? You sleep through. I'm right through, there. You sleep through most of it. Well, yeah. You take a tranquilizer. <laughs> you take a tranquilizer. Yeah, I take a big, big pill. And I swallow <laughs> it with a big glass of red wine. And then I, well, you know. It's, you know, it's 3 p.m. somewhere, you always say. <laughs> and and so, so in any case, we're just, we're just fucking around. We come to this show prepared. We want our listeners to know this. We come to this show very prepared. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is serious business. So basically what happens in the middle of this episode is like, now we've got this case where they still got to catch this perp that went flying out of the car. And now these two people who could not be more different are partnered together, which I think you've probably seen before in movies and other TV, but never quite like this. No, no. I mean, that was something really, really uh, striking about this show was we said, what if these two people could be very, very, very different, but also in some ways. Very, very quite the same. Yeah. And so Cal, he gets intel that this perp is hanging around a... Um, we haven't even said the name of the uh, the perp yet. I think it's actually funny. And maybe this is me kind of tooting our own horn because we wrote the show. But I thought it was funny that we named the perp Carl. So there's Carl and there's Cal. Yeah. And that plays... It's, it's great because that actually plays really well on the page. Um, yeah. It's funny. It's funny on the screen. It's a nice little gag. But it was very... It was very funny in the writer's room. The network made us... We didn't want a writer's room. No. The networks, the networks made us have one. Um, so we hired pretty much... Uh, a few family friends. For some, we, we, yes, we hired my cousin. We hired my cousin, Dave. Yeah, and um, my cousin, Dave. Has great, great weed. Your cousin, Dave, who he mostly played horses... Most of the time that we were in the writer's room, he had a little, um, what was it, a Motorola Razor or like a little clamshell phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had some kind of, he had some guy in Estonia who he could do T9 texting with to bet on the horses. Mm-hmm. And he was keeping up, you know, that was what your Dave did. My Dave kept us well-plied in BC Kush. And then they made us hire one writer. Yep. One actual writer. They they put their foot down. We had to hire a guy. Yeah. Um and Peter. We may, we, what's that, Peter? Yeah. Peter was the most annoying motherfucker I've ever Dude. worked with in my life. <laughs> I can't believe that guy keeps getting work and we don't. Yep. The Carl Cal thing, he kept flagging that, telling us to change it. We were like, fuck you. Same thing that Abby says here when it Cal It should always be funnier on the page than it is on the screen. Because first, the first person you have to, this is the adage that we use when you're creating the show. The first person you have to entertain is yourself. Exactly. And so we were like, fuck you to Peter, which is the same thing that Abby says to Cal when he tells her about the perp. She's like, fuck you. I'm, I'm rich. Yes. I'm, I'm the wealthiest girl in Miami. I'm, I'm going to quit. Yeah. But then things change because we see Abby, we, we see Abby going home to her daddy and it turns out that her daddy lives at the governor's estate because he's the governor of Miami. He's he's the uh, what's the capital of Florida for real? Uh, Orlando. What I love about our show is that we don't care, you know, because when you're adapting, when you're adapting work, you have to give yourself free reign. And this yes. show, a lot of people don't know this. This show was actually based on a, a wonderful piece of intellectual property. It was an adaptation of a John Grisham novel called Crime Stoppers Miami. 
Yeah, we spent an arm and a leg on this thing. Yeah. And ultimately only it wanted the name. Just we didn't the title. really want the characters or any of the plot. We just wanted the name. Um and that's why kind of some of the stuff we've been talking about about the budget, that's how that all kind of came to be. Yeah, Grisham got an EP credit. He got a tremendous amount on the back end. Literally nothing in the show is anything like what's in his book. None of the same characters or even setting. Yeah. But so anyway, like I go talk to my daddy. And he's not having it. No, he says, you have to stay on the force. I'm like, you were just at my fundraiser. I, and by the way, she went to the fundraiser, even though she had just killed her partner in a police crash. And he said, you have to stay on the force. What's it going to look like for me if you quit your job in the middle of my run, my run for reelection? Yeah. I mean, she's like, you know, Abby's like the original honey badger. You remember honey badger don't care. You know, uh, Ab- yeah, Abby's like, Abby's like Honey Badger don't care, except when uh, Daddy Honey Badger comes along and he puts his paw, his paw down. Yes. And then she says, fire the missiles. She was that line in there. I thought we cut that. Oh, yeah. Peter made us f- get rid of it. He didn't think it was funny. Terrible sense of humor, Peter. Yeah. I can't believe he's writing on succession now. <laughs> what I loved about this scene was John Goodman's performance as the governor is so commanding, you know, yeah. that here. We oh, I s- love that. He got to play my dad. We see this woman who's been, we haven't seen her stop for anybody. I mean, literally she doesn't stop even her car for anyone. No. And here she has to reconsider what she's doing. And so she actually, ends up showing up. You know, Cal is at this Russian bathhouse. He's tracking down this perp. Abby, show this guy shows up to the bathhouse. with this Kind of like a handsome guy. Handsome guy with a big, very big nose and a <laughs> beard. And this, um, it's a bathhouse. So this big swinging cock. Long schlong is what we called it when we were, when we were making it. Because we, we got a guy He's the number one cock prosthetic maker in Hollywood. Long Still to this silver. day. Exactly. And um, he he made it. He made it for us. It was very expensive. He made it, was, it for me. He made it for you. It was the most expensive uh, piece of the production design in this whole episode. Oh, absolutely. By far. By thousands of dollars. So, you know, who is this guy? Well, it's, surprise, it's me. Right. Abby. Yeah, I just come here sometimes to relax and unwind. There's nothing like a hot, steamy bath to loosen up your pores and let things just marinate and and settle. No need for us to talk to each other or converse or anything like that. You just go about your business and I'll go about mine. What's up? What's up? Where's the party at? Where's the drugs at? Come on, come on. I'm getting in. Spread apart, spread apart. Make some room. Don't mind the dick. Don't mind the big penis. Anyway, okay, who's going to tell me their life story? I want to get to know ya. This guy gets into the bath, this really hot bath, and she's like making conversation with this perp. She's very much asking about like, you know, do you know anywhere that I could get? I love drugs. I Yeah, I do them all the time, and I've just had the hardest time getting them here in Miami. I use, I take a lot of them when I have set when I have sex with women. Yes, with my big cock, and so I would love for some drugs, and I just need somebody really nice who looks like they might know where they are to sort of show me where they are. And I'm talking like cocaine, ketamine, H. Uh, and Cal realizes who Abby is and he's doing a whole kind of you know like you're going to you're doing too much you're doing too much you're doing you're extra as they would say now say less yeah and uh but Abby persists you know nevertheless she persisted right (laughs) and um, and you'll hear that a lot I well and I do hear it a lot with a lot of these kind of um the prosecutors and the legal troubles that i've been having recently uh me Kent but we don't really have to get into that well so, i think we do have to get into a little bit because i'm being persecuted here and i'm being not only am i being persecuted i I'm have told you i agree i've told you i agree but 
right now we're in the bathhouse, right? Yeah. You know, you would get you would <laughs> you would get canceled for what ha- what we show on this screen here, which is uh, just a wonderful shot of Bush as Abby gets <laughs> out of the hot bath and her prosthetics have all melted away and we see who it really is. Yeah. And a better cop could have seen that coming, I suppose. But Abby's a little bit green on the force, right? She's a little new. She's doing this to pr- she has something to prove. She has something so to prove, and she's been she, had the she right basically idea, got to though. bypass detec- uh, cop academy, the police yes. academy, you know, because she's the governor's daughter. Right. Um, she's wearing her shoulder holsters under her <laughs> under the prosthetic, so she gets out of this bath, and you get this full bush, this nude. Um, you did. Now, now, is it true that you also wore that Longshong Silver? He made you a second prosthetic so that you didn't show real frontal nudity for this scene. Yeah, of right? course, it was a merkin. He gave you a big mer. <laughs> he gave you a big merkin, and the perp. But flat- it was modeled after my own. Exactly, because it's because of standards and practices. Yes, S and P's. So the perp recognizes that it's Abby and he, he gets away, you know, and Cal and Abby get in this big argument and they, Oh, Oh, it's my fault for putting on all these prosthetics and going above and beyond trying to catch this perp. Cal's like, I thought that you were, and you're practically (laughs) jacking him off in this hot bath. I thought that you were, I thought you were rich. I thought you didn't need this shit. You know, Abby's like, well, maybe I do need it, you know, and they run off their, they're, they're chasing after the perp, but then Cal, he slips and falls and he goes, oh, it's my damn trick toe. And Abby was like, wait, show me. what do you mean? Show me that. And he shows her his trick toe, which means his toe is missing. Big close up. We see both of their feet side by side, both missing. Um, A toe. Op- yeah, both missing opposite big toes. Right. Very, Abby s- very strange. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, I have the same thing. Maybe we're... Long lost twins or something. God, that would be the worst. <laughs> that was the big, and that was the big stinger that brought us out to the the mid episode commercial break. Yes, um, because it's this it's this big kind of bum bum moment. Um, A big bum bum moment. We arrive to the last act of this pilot, where you know Abby and Cal are tentatively kind of working together here where Abby, she finds in the guy's locker at the bathhouse, you know, she goes like, let's, let's look through some of what he left behind. You know, basically all that they find besides his ID and his credit cards and like his weapon and (laughs) all that that stuff, all that stuff he had left. She finds this burrito punch card. Yes. Right. For burrito Bay. Burrito Bay. And she tells, uh, she shows it to Cal. You know, she's tossing all the co- the credit cards and IDs and stuff aside, and she pulls this not useful, card. Not useful. Not useful. Not <gasps> useful. Burrito Bay. Look it's at full. This. Yeah, Cal's like, so what? Uh, it's full. It's full. He gets a free burrito. Cal's like, okay, so what? Okay, well, once he, you know, he's going to go to Burrito Bay. He's going to try to get a free burrito, and we can be there, and we can arrest him before he can get his free burrito. Cal's like, bullshit, he doesn't have the card. Okay, but once he gets there and realizes he doesn't have the card, it doesn't matter. He's just going to be committed to getting the burrito. He's already bought 10 burritos. What's one more, you know? I, I loved this bit of writing because I think it shows how, you know, Abby, in Abby's mindset, there's no concern for like once she you know whether something's free or a discount or not like she wants what she wants she's gonna have it and she'll do anything to get it yeah cal is this guy who he came from the working class and he worked his way up from the streets you know for him a free burrito might be the difference between you know whether he eats today or not whether he lives or dies yeah (laughs) exactly you know and the network kept telling us on on this scene in particular with all the back and forth they said you can be you can let the viewers figure some of this out. And we were like, no, absolutely not. No, no. We want, they need to be told. Why would we leave the dialogue off the screen? Put it on. Yeah. When it could be right there on the screen. So they stake out the burrito place. It's this long overnight stakeout. They get into, I um, loved shooting this scene with you because 
Well, we get to get really fucking blasted and zooted yes. off. Of so we're undercover as stoners in the burrito place parking lot. So we're getting really high in the car, and they gave us real weed. Um, yeah, and Dave, we smoked well, it. Dave did. Yeah, yeah, Dave gave us real weed. Fincher told us. No he had a conversation with Fincher. He said under no circumstance. He said I want. He actually said, "Let me be crystal clear with you. <laughs> the only reason." that I'm still working on this shoot, which had lasted 14 days at this point for this episode. He said, the only reason that I'm still working on this shoot is that you, is that you still owe me half of my money. It's the only reason I'm doing it. Under no circumstances whatsoever are you to smoke, are you to get actually get high for this scene. And we're both like, okay, well, we are. <laughs> we already are. We're going to get more high. Sorry. The way that I tried to deal with him was just in character. You know, yes. So I mean, yeah. we were having that conversation. That worked for us. I exactly. Thought. You know, I pu- I pulled out a uh, I pulled out a, a bottle of mad a gun. <laughs> I pulled out my my um my gun, my replica. You know, and they have a way that they disable these guns. You know, to make them not yeah. work or whatever. But Dave, he actually knew how to. Um, God, Dave was so cool. Reverse that. You know, so he had that yeah. done reverse. So I did a couple pops, you know, and I was like, back, I was like, back up, back up, back up. You know, that's like, and uh, that kind of became your thing was let him do it. And my catchphrase on <laughs> filming throughout this, the whole season kind of became back up, back up, back up, you know. Well, and I those did, worked really well together. <laughs> I did pops. Those um, were really complimentary. Soderbergh wouldn't go within 100 feet of me. He still won't call me. <laughs> I, I told him, I said, Soderbergh, you know this thing fires more than 100 feet, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway, we get super fucking high in this car. Yeah, Cal is like drinking Mad Dog. He's like, oh, I have to drink when I smoke. And I'm like, me too. Abby is like, me too. Um, like, I can't, I, I have to drink when I smoke. I have, like, every time I smoke, even like a tiny little joint, I feel like, oh, I need a glass of red wine. So she has a huge bottle of um, Calvados in the car. Exactly. And, you know, Cal was like, oh, I can't stand that stuff. It tastes like shoe leather, you know? And he's like, you know, anyway, I think it's, uh, I think it's genetic. And Abby's like, I've never had a beer in my life or malt <laughs> liquor or whatever Mad Dog is. Exactly. You know, and that was how we sold this show was we said you got a cop who drinks wine and a cop who drinks beer. Pretty interesting. <laughs> Pretty interesting, right? You know, um that's what they that's what they all Pretty said. Pretty interesting. <laughs> that's what they all said. Um but anyway, Cal's like, you know, I think it must be genetic, you know, and Abby's like definitely maybe we really are twins. Yeah. In that moment, I love this. I love the choice we both made. We're both laying in the seats looking up at the stars and we both kind of look at each other and there's that moment of like, are they going to kiss? Yeah. Their mouths. Maybe we really are twins. I remember our, um, I remember our mouths were very, very close. Like, so like this for the viewer, like, a like a, the size of an iPhone camera away from each other. Hey, hand me that bottle, would you? I got a drink when I smoke. Ugh, yeah, me too. I think it's genetic or something. I can't help it. Ugh, definitely, me too. You know, maybe we really are twins. Well, if we're really twins, then I guess we shouldn't do this. Jingle jangle, the door to the burrito place opens, kiss deferred, right? Oh my gosh, I hate when that happens, but I love when I write it. It's this guy that looks, he looks, um, it's this guy, he walks out, you know, Abby's like, I think, she's like, that's, that's him. Carl. That's Carl. That's Carl. That's Carl. Cal is like, are you sure? I thought, I thought Carl had brown hair. That guy's hair is pure white as snow white as the driven snow is actually the and Abby says okay you never trust me on anything yeah she goes he you know like maybe he died it 
And yeah, so he probably <laughs> dyed it because he knows we're onto him. He knows he left all this stuff behind. So he probably dyed his hair white as pure as the driven snow. So they go stop police. Cal does a couple pops. The guy, he he takes off. He gets on a um bicycle. <laughs> he gets on this. Yeah. He gets on a, a fixed gear. He gets onto a fixed gear bicycle. Um and uh and he he rides off. And so Cal and Abby, they're running after him, right? Um they're both yeah. high as as balls. <laughs> Um, and also drunk as shit. All, all, drunk to the point of being hungover at yeah, this point. Yeah, I mean, Cal is taking his pants off while he's running, saying he's taking them off to run faster. They stole that and from us And Abby's taking her pants movie. off so she can pee while she runs. Yes, and and they stole that bit from us. Do you remember the movie Orange County? Uh, I, Jack no. Black does... You never watched it because you don't watch movies. Jack Black, he does the exact same bit. Um, we tried and failed with a lawsuit to them for stealing that gag from us from this episode. Um, yeah, Jack Black's on my shit list for a million reasons. Yeah, I mean, no shit. And the reason that they got off actually was that this wasn't in the script because I was improvising while we were doing it. <laughs> and so we had no record of it. Was, we had no copyright on it, basically. We right. just filmed it as an improv. And um, there's this moment where there's kind of an, like, the, the chase ensues. They can't catch him. And then there's this great moment. It's like the are you thinking what I'm thinking moment. Right. Oh my gosh! Almost as perfect as the near kiss when they see, have that like our mouths got really close together again and our eyes got really wide. This are you thinking when I'm yes. thinking? Meta- metaphorically, it wasn't just an are think are you thinking when I'm thinking moment. We said it. We said it at the same time. Yes. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? And and so there's these two there's dirt bikes. Uh, there's these two dirt bikes. Abby and Cal. A pink one and a blue one. Abby and Cal and. And and I liked that because I feel like that that was sort of a subtle nod to how these two cops are a little different. And <laughs> they get on, they rev their engines, and basically what we did, the way that we did this was we looped out to this intersection. They they both pull up at a red light. The bicycle mm-hmm. is coming. Somehow that we got in, we worked a little movie magic to show to make it look like we got in front of him, even though we had been behind him, unable to catch him, and. We get in front of him. We stop at this red light. He's riding his bike. We both tear through the intersection and we swerve and we smash the perp in the middle of the intersection. And Doing exactly what we did in the opening scene of the show, but in a good way because good way. it's catching a bad guy. Because we each, because both Cal and Abby throw one of their handcuff loops out around the guy's opposite wrists. And so now he's handcuffed to each of us on his bike while we're on dirt bikes. And there's, right. this, there's this great moment where it's kind of like, oh, is this show going to get really dark? You know, are they going to drive in... Opposite directions. And tear this guy apart like he's a medieval peasant being drawn and quartered. Or drawn and have Drawn and... <laughs> and so what is the difference? Well, quartered would imply he's flying in four different directions. Halved would mean he's just going in two directions. Yes, 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 exactly. I... Drawn and quartered is when you have each of your arms and each of your legs uh, attached to something and they all, in, in most cases, a horse. And then you go, yeah, or whatever. And all the horses go in different directions and it splits you in four. And is that what the four horsemen of the apocalypse do to you? Sometimes. Yeah. So, but instead, Cal and Abby, they drive side by side, one in forwards, one in reverse, all the way to the station. Right, just dra- even through the brick wall of the station and straight into where the jail cells are, and they just throw this guy in the jail cell, and they say, I "Hope you like living here for yeah. a while." Who was that guy? Uh, not Romney. He put his dog up on the the car, which is funny. But then um, the other guy uh, was it Huckabee or something like that? They accidentally had the dog outside the car or whatever while they were driving. You know? Oh, I um, don't know anything about that. Good, really solid dude. But in any case, that's what. <laughs> This was basically like with bringing this perp back to the station. but then the, Exactly. The ch- like a dog. We brought him back to the station like a dog. <laughs> like a dog. And the chief, come, the chief of police, he, he, comes, he comes in and he goes, get in my, get in my fucking office, you numbskulls. You, know, you knuckleheads. Cal, Abby, you know, Hawkins and <laughs> Richmond. That's their last names. He calls them Hawkins and Richmond. But he says Cal and Abby first. Cal, Abby, Hawkins, Richmond. Because we only answer to our last name because we're cops. So, you know. Right. So so we come in. He goes. <laughs> he shows us a picture of the. We're both sobering up at this point. He shows us a picture of the perp, you know. 
And I say, wait, am I really hungover or is that the wrong guy? Yeah. It's very obviously not. We got the wrong guy. Different race, different <laughs> height, I would say. Um, different hair color, as we established. Di- massively different hair color and height and gait, a different gait, which you can't really tell from the photo. Oh, you um, could in this photo, though. You could tell in this photo because <laughs> it was a, a good photo. Well, because it's not a. Um, he was mid stride. He's mid stride. Exactly. And this guy, <laughs> the guy that we had arrested and brought back, he does sort of a Monty Python silly walk everywhere he goes. <laughs> so he's kind of kicking his le- kicking his legs out. You know, whereas the perp that we saw earlier, he does a gangster strut. Right. And so the great uh, thing about the end of this episode mistake. is that Cal and Abby, you know, they got the wrong guy, but they got something more important than that, which was... Respect. Respect for each other. And also maybe the hots. Yeah. Well, they, we, and this is something we did not write into the script, but we felt was right in the moment. We make out. I was, uh, I mean, we had been on all that. With tongues. We had been on all that. Um, we had been knee deep in all that powder and booze while we were filming this thing. And I was just horned up. Oh, and, I wasn't. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was horned but up I, and I think you were lonely. Um, I actually was coming at it from the perspective of, you know, like what, uh, again, I am from the stage. Um, that's, I was just just trained on the stage. And so to me, this was more of just a situation of like, what feels right? What, you know, what's the thing that I want to follow? What, what would my character do in this moment? And so I thought, well, maybe we would, maybe we, we would kiss. Yeah. And I mean, for me, this is the beginning of the end of, um, of my marriage, I guess I would say. You know, I mean, I kind of... Uh, if you could call it that. Well, it was one. It was one, and it was a happy one uh, for a long time. But in any case, um, we get this little stinger, this little post... Uh, this little stinger where we see the chief. He's calling up a shadowy figure. Right. And uh, he's holding both the cops' files, Abby Richmond and Cal Richmond Hawkins the third. And I liked that moment because you look at the text and you see, oh, they, they actually share a name. <laughs> Right. As part of their names. And that's clever. And this shadowy figure answers the, you know, the chief goes, the plan backfired. You said they would tear each other apart, uh, but now they're working together. And more. And the shadowy figure goes, he goes, just, he actually puts his, he tends his fingers together and he goes, just give it time. And that was the end of the pilot of Crime Stoppers Miami. Ugh. It's setting up such. I again, not to toot my own horn, because I I wrote it and directed it, and you helped. But what a world we have built! I am so excited to just keep watching um, some of this and sort of talking about it and All sharing it. it. All of it. We're off like a shot here. It's. Uh, I mean, this this show takes takes off out of the gates like one of those roller coasters that takes off fast and not slow. Oh, the ones that's like kind of give you whiplash. They're powered. They got a boost. They give you whiplash, which I got when we were filming this, by the way, in this uh, in this pilot because we did all those stunts for real. The network tried to get us to use stunt stunt people. No, I'll never do that. Absolutely, absolutely not. And I got the scars to prove it and I got the quality television show to prove it. So... Uh, so that's the so that's the end of the pilot. We're excited Yay! to go through the rest of these episodes. Um, we got one, you know, every every week. What we're gonna do on this show on Crime Watchers, we're gonna use some little segment after the episode, right? And uh, a fun little game or a little kind of uh, a little bonus. Yeah, something to wind down with. So today we got a little segment for you called "As Seen on TV." <laughs> We're going to each tell you about our favorite commercial that we saw in the original airing of this episode when it was on television back in the early 2000s. As I said, I'm re-watching these episodes on VHSs that I taped off the air, so we're both able to look at the original ad placements that came with the show. Uh, and that's just the kind of uh, deep-dive digging that we're doing in the Crime Watchers rewatch for you of Crime Stoppers Miami. My favorite advertisement was... The Billy Blanks Tybo infomercial that aired in the mm. middle of this episode. I love that. It's uh, 15 minutes long. 
we cut into this big 15-minute ad chunk. You got Billy Blanks. He's doing the classic bouncing back and forth. He's moving his hips. He's grooving his shoulders. He's mm. punching. He's kicking. Mm. He's sidestepping. Mm. He's doing mm-hmm. the rollers. My favorite thing is the rollers where he puts his hands out in front of him and he uh, he he rolls him around like a, uh, like a hamster wheel. And then he goes, mm. stop, double time. I don't mm-hmm. think he actually says stop, but I always, when I do it, I he probably do does when it's over, when the workout's over. He probably says, okay, stop. I still do Tai Bo. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, we both did it in our trailers, I know, or in the, our Toronto houses that we bought. I've um, lost 25 yeah. fights. Yeah, well, it's not a fighting. It's not a martial art, is it? Certainly isn't when I do it. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, my favorite ad of this episode, I actually only caught a couple of them because I was kind of sleeping through a lot of it on my big pill and my big glass of wine. So um, I only really caught one for um, Viagra and then one for like Marie Callender's like frozen pies. And those looked really, really delicious. But I'm going to have to go with the Viagra ad just because I like seeing ads where people are having fun. Yeah, I love that Viagra ad. They open on an old guy bothering his wife. <laughs> and um, and uh and she goes um and 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 there's some really great metaphor in that. Oh, in that, yes, you know, yes, yes. Flowers blooming and exactly. bees landing in the flowers and um kind of a sprinkler stuff. system going off on a golf course. She's checking a jello that hasn't set. Yeah, you know? it's like really, really wet. It's like it's <laughs> like tries. it's kind of still liquid. The guy he serves, you know, he goes, he says, "You want some dessert?" And he serves her this little cup, and she goes, "What is this?" He goes, "It's Jello," and she puts a spoon into it, and it's uh, and it just dribbles out of the spoon. She's like, "This uh, is just wet, hot w- flavored water. This is he, disgusting." He goes, "Well, if you don't want your dessert, how about we go into the be- bedroom, <laughs> baby?" And she goes, "I'm not in the mood." And she turns away. Oh, why? The, so I can look f- at another limp little piece of crap. They were riffing in this ad a lot. <laughs> um, I yeah, I loved that one. Um, but I will say that the Marie Callender's ad made me very uh, hungry. Very hungry. Yeah, those things. Those things are really good, and we should look into. And we'll tell our uh, we'll tell our producer um, to look into seeing if we can get Marie calendars to do a sponsorship for the podcast. I never, Oh, heard I'd pod- love if she did something for us. I love her I, pies. I never heard a podcast with a Marie calendars ad before. Um, I actually, I don't eat carbs anymore or still. So I take all the crusts off the pies and just eat the filling. Filling's the best part. So that brings us to our uh, final segment. Where are they now? And who is they? Well, they is uh, they is we. the stars. What? We. We. Oh, I think you said wait. Oh, I said we. We. Us. Ourselves. We. And we. Yes. Yours truly's. Mm-hmm. It's the stars of screen, the leads of the show, the writers, the directors that you came to listen for. It's me, Kent Montagna. And me, Piper Beckett. So what are you working on these days, Piper? basically nothing um my agent has sent me a couple of things like i said earlier in the app i don't really want to play moms or grandmas or anything like that but you know it's really hard for a woman in hollywood because when you become a certain age the parts just kind of dry up but i think you know i have integrity i have mentioned this before but i came up on the stage so i have integrity and i want to play roles that are right for me so i want to play girl bosses and i want to play bad bitches along with everything else right the um uh, drawing up (laughs) and so uh you know that brings me to myself actually which is you can't joke about anything these days you know you can't really say anything these days and uh you know, for me, what I'm working on is I'm actually just kind of trying to basically, uh, you remember, um, who's that guy, uh, Timothy, Shell, Tim okay. Robbins, the big guy oh. in Shawshank Redemption, normal size, he's tall, but uh, the star of that movie, he breaking his way out of jail with that little rock hammer. Never seen it. That's what I'm, well, I know, but that's what I'm trying to do with director's jail right now. Oh, um, yeah, I'm in my house here. I get this fucking ankle monitor up here. I'm up in I'm up in Toronto still. And um 
House they've looks gotten, nice, though. The, what's that? The house? The house looks nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm still living on the... I'm still... It's the same spot. You know? Oh, oh okay, yeah. I'm still on there. the street from the show. Um, you know, we hung on to it. Um, the property values around here actually have dipped massively just basically because I haven't been able... Basically because of what... Um, happened what happened yeah you know because it turns out actually up here in canada they sort of have uh laws thing, things here exactly things here have gone a very similar direction to the way that they've been going in the u.s which is badly mm, bad yeah but you know in a bad direction to where politically you know, correct kind of thing i'm all for accountability but there's a point at which accountability turns into uh we never will forgive you and right, right. How long must you suffer you're for what be, you did? Which was only what, about six months ago? Yeah, you're going to be defined yeah. by what you did six months ago. Yeah. You know, and for me, I'm always looking forward. I'm always looking mm. to the future. I can't be spending my time uh, apologizing. Yeah, I think the uh, the Canadian and American criminal justice systems could stand to learn quite a bit from that and start looking forward instead of backwards. Well, hopefully we can bring in a little cheddar with this podcast. We can get some of those legal fees paid up and maybe we can kickstart a, a new season of uh, Crime Stoppers Miami. Um, oh, he- I'd love to. I, I would love to go. I mean, I, I it's pretty transparent at this point. I'd love to reboot the show. Well, in the meantime, we've got each other. And we have our our wonderful fans, our devoted listeners. I don't know about you, but I get fan mail constantly. Absolutely constantly. I get mail from little boys and girls telling me that they want to grow up to be just like Cal Hawkins. You know, they want to stop crime just like Yeah, I'm sure I do. Um, I've just never opened any of them because if I open an envelope, it might have a bill. Exactly. And so that's where it's very funny. It's very funny to me how you and I, just like our characters, we are opposite but the same. I love it. I love it. Oh, it's well, been and so I fun love doing you, Piper. You. It's been wonderful oh, to you, reconnect with you. Um, and I know that our fans feel the same way. Um, so without further ado, we will see you next week uh, because, of course, crime doesn't stop itself. And crime does not watch itself. That's That's where where we we come come in. in.